happy morning, happy new day, happy new vibes, happy brand new point of attraction. How are you all? I pray you guys are all well. We have been speaking all things purpose all month across Shake the Room. And today is going to be the last room and Shake the Room on purpose. Um, next week, we will step into a new topic and we will guide the conversations based on that theme and that topic. Um, and as I was thinking about wrapping up this conversation on purpose, I was like, well, if I wanted to say something to people, what would it be? And I was like, bruh, the whole idea of purpose pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, I said what I said. And I, I say that because I absolutely loved the room yesterday and um, I encourage the rest of the people that are in shape the room to start recording their rooms because there's just profound information. And um, I learned so much from that conversation yesterday. And it just reminded me how much I love being a student of life how much I love knowing that learning never stops and it's an ongoing thing that I choose to do. I choose to continue to learn. Learning didn't stop because I stopped being in education, right? Um, university, one of the best universities in the world is YouTube. Like if you didn't go to university, YouTube is an amazing place to be able to learn things, whether it's from taking care of your hair to doing makeup, um, to about energy, to um, just learning about life, mindset, psychology, science, whatever. There are amazing people on there that are just sharing their content for free. And you have to do your research, but you can learn so much. So when I was in the room yesterday, I was like, wow, like I have learned so much by giving myself two hours to come into this room. And when I went out of the room, I was like, yo, people have got purpose twisted. And following on from the day before where Claudine done a room and she was speaking about um, breaking free of your parents' views and ideas of you. And she was just expressing her truth and where she's found her voice and where she's probably limited herself. And as I was listening and I listened to the people that contributed to the conversation, I was like, it's so crazy that I personally believe the world has put so much influence on um, how things should be, right? How things should be, what things should look like, what is right, what is wrong, what is up, what is down. And I think when you stay there, you miss out on experiencing you miss out on the present, you miss out on being. And if I could share anything on what I really believe about purpose, do you know the key to living the most purpose-filled life or even finding your purpose or waking up every single day and being purposeful? It's actually being yourself. It's actually giving yourself permission to be yourself. And what's crazy is people will sit there and think, well, who am I being? If I'm not waking up every day and being myself, who am I being? I'll tell you. 
you're waking up and you're being the version of you that you feel you're expected to be. Whether that comes from society, whether that comes from the influence of your parents, whether that comes from the idea that you've painted in your mind from a child that would make you look perfect and successful, whether that comes from you never, ever, ever, ever giving yourself an opportunity to sit with yourself and say, yo, who am I? Who am I? And one thing, when I start coaching people, one of the first things I ask them is, who are you? And I tell you what, they list off, I'm a mother, I'm a sister, I'm a project manager, I'm this. And it's like, no, what do you, not, I'm not asking you what you do. Who are you? Then they'll lift off some other titles. And I'm like, okay, cool, take off the titles. Who are you? Who are we with nothing? Who are you? Are you a caring, kind being? Are you an expression of God itself? Are you a person who was just waking up every single day and truly giving yourself permission to be your best self? Is that who you are? Because what's so interesting is people don't know how to define themselves without a role. People don't know how to define themselves without a title. People don't know how to define themselves without holding on to an expectation. And that's why my brand is called Raw, because I want to know who you are without anything, without any of those things. Because if we were born with purpose, then surely before we became a mum, before we became a sister, daughter, whatever, there was purpose within us. What is that? What have you been called here to do that only you've been called here to do? What is that? And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I personally don't believe you have to go and find it. I personally don't believe we were born to find it. I believe that we are born to become more of it. And so I ask people, what do you want? After I ask them who they are, I ask them, what do you want? What would you like to achieve? What would you like to experience? And then I ask them, how are you willing to become that? What are you willing to do to become that? How do you wake up every single day and be that? And these are questions that no one can answer but you. But maybe the big question is, will you give yourself permission to? Do you give yourself permission to? And then I started to think about what things look like in comparison to how they are. And that's when I really started to understand that truth can change at any moment. On Tuesday, when I listened to Cece, who's my sister, speak about 
her story, her journey, her childhood. Yes, I was a witness for it. She's only two years older than me. And what things looked like in her account was completely different to how things looked like in my account. And I'm sure they'd be different in my dad's account and my mum's account. And that's life. Does it mean that anybody isn't telling their truth? No. Because truth is based on your perspective, your beliefs, your views, your ideas. We could all be looking at the same thing and experience something completely different. We could all walk into the same um, environment and have a completely different experience. Because we're viewing things from our lenses at all times. But are our lenses clean? Do our lenses already have a view and a perspective and an expectation? And this is why for some people, they live so much out of fear. Because their perspectives, their beliefs, their ideas are just tainted in things that don't necessarily allow them to experience freedom. As much as the people that just live in love, you look at them and you think, wow, why are they so successful? And don't ever get it twisted. Don't think the people that have a lot of love-based views or, or are viewing things through a pure lens don't experience fear. Of course they do. As much as the people who are having a lot of fear-based views don't experience love, of course they do. That's the yin and the yang of life. But how do we find, how do we experience truth within that? How do we find the purpose within that? How do we figure it out? And as I was speaking, one thing that became clear to me yesterday was like, wow, we don't understand grit and grace and how much they play a part in living a purpose-filled life. I've been going through some things and it's because I choose to go through them that I'm finding purpose within it. I'm gonna say it again. I've been going through some things but it's because I choose to go through it that I find the purpose within it. I heard something yesterday and the speaker said, we're all gonna go through pits in life. But if we don't go through the pit, the pit becomes your platform. What does he mean? When we go through trials and tribulations and contrasts and experiences that we don't really want to go through, but we hang on to them, we wear them like a badge of honor, we speak about them at every opportunity that we get, we go through and we talk about how hard it is, how bad it is, how sad it is, how hard it is, how bad it is, how sad it is. That's your platform. That becomes your badge of honor. That becomes your story. That becomes your, your point of reference. 
Yet when you're able to go through a pit and be like, yo, this is horrible. This is uncomfortable. This is tough. This is rough. But there's a reason as to why I'm experiencing this. I might not know the experience yet, but what I do know is I'm not staying here forever. So I start looking for the ways to get out. I start looking for what it's teaching me. I start looking for what it is that I've got to learn. And then I come through it on the other side. I now tell my story from a different point of view. My point of view is like, yo, sis, I was in that exact same situation six months ago. Here's what I done to get through it. So now my platform is different. My platform isn't the pit. My platform is the strength, the courage, the love, the resilience, the perseverance, the consistency that it took me to come through it. That's what I'm talking about. Yet when your pit becomes your platform, you stay speaking about the circumstances that got you there, the people that didn't believe in you, the people that are not helping you, the things that are not pulling you through. That's your platform. And maybe that's the difference between people that are successful and people that are accountable to being where they are. It's the idea that you don't have the power to come through it, that you don't have the resources to get through it, that you don't have the help or the support to get through it. And that more than often is why you stay stuck. And it's more than often why you feel like there's no purpose. I listened to people speak in the room yesterday and I heard them, especially mum and Dixie, kind of toying between um, what they're doing each week and what they're learning and the, how their lives are being on purpose or away from purpose. And I just want to say this out loud. My parents never pumped purpose into me because they never needed to. I hear people say this all the time. My parents didn't do this. My parents didn't do that. And many of us hold ourselves accountable to somebody's platform, to somebody's progress, to somebody's promise. But you don't know what they've been through to get to where they are. And so instead of you focusing on your own journey and focusing on how can I get through this to be better, how can I get through this to be stronger? How can I get through this to be more loving, caring, kind, compassionate? How can I be more at peace? Because many of us don't allow ourselves to answer those questions, we're steady looking outside to find the peace. We're steady looking outside to find the purpose. We're steady looking outside to find the love, the answers, the support. When actually, when you start asking yourself the quality questions, when you start sitting with yourself and you start saying, am I comfortable with where I'm currently at? Am I comfortable with what I wake up every single day to do? Is this where I wanna be in five years? Is this where I wanna be in six months? Is this where I wanna be in two years? 
And the answer starts to be no, bruh, you start to move. You start to do something different. That's the power of grit. But let me tell you a bit more about grit. Grit isn't how hard you work. Grit isn't about doing the most. Grit is about perseverance and passion. And that's another plug as to why many people feel unfulfilled because they've got no passion anymore. You've only got to be in a relationship, right? That started off with so much passion so much like love, so much enthusiasm, so much chemistry and energy. And after a few years, that passion just slowly starts fading out because you guys have changed and now you're focused on different things and maybe you've had kids and maybe there's a marriage and maybe there's a house and other things that you're putting energy and effort into. And so it seems like the passion is no longer there for each other. And it feels draining. And it feels like it's not the thing that you wanna be in anymore. And it feels like it's the thing that you wanna get out of. It's the same way if you have a dream, a hobby that you're passionate about and you chase after it with passion, you go after it with passion. It, you don't even need to run too hard because it, you're so passionate about it. You wake up and do it effortlessly. And then one day you're like, I don't really like this anymore. I don't enjoy this anymore. You're no longer motivated to get up and do what you used to do. You're no longer seeing how putting time and energy into that thing serves you. And so there is no grit because there is no passion. I could wake up and help people every single day of my life, nothing to do with money, nothing to do with time, nothing to do with what's the end result or how it's gonna look or what I'm aiming to achieve, none of those things. Why? Because I'm passionate about it. So my passion motivates me. But you don't just develop grit with passion alone. There has to be a level of perseverance. There has to be a level of consistency. And that's another reason why people don't understand purpose within things, whether it's good or bad, because are you willing to be persistent? Do you fully commit? Or do you have commitment issues? You wake up in a problem and you try to pray about it for two days. You try to journal about it once and the problem isn't moving or shifting, so you quit. You chase after a dream and you get told no. Not once, not twice, maybe three times and you quit. You haven't developed grit because you haven't allowed yourself to commit fully. 
You haven't allowed yourself to find the passion. You haven't allowed the passion to stir up something in you. That means, yo, whether I win or lose or fail, the only time that I'm coming out of this thing is when it's done. And you know the truth about it? It might take years. And that's why many people can say, I haven't found my purpose yet. No, you haven't found what you're passionate about. No, you haven't found something that you're willing to commit to. And I'm not just talking about your dream, your job, your successful life, your partner. I'm talking about the relationship with you. I was tired of my own excuses and my own mindset. I was damn tired of it. I was tired of sitting back and watching everybody else's success stories and thinking, oh, it's just never going to happen to me. I was tired. Bro, let me tell you what really happened. I got tired of being tired. And so I said, Tanya, get up. And it wasn't just get up. It was like I was working at BAA going to my shifts at 4.15, I had to be there at 4.15. Majority of the time, I was 23, 24, coming in my house at two o'clock from the club that I was in with two kids. Or I was up being a full-time mother with two children. Because when I asked my partner to give him a bottle, he was like, nah, you do it. And so I was then going to my shifts on an hour, two hour, three hours sleep. And I kid you not, every day I was counting down the days to like, there has to be more to life than this. I couldn't see myself doing that for the rest of my life. The paycheck was great. I was able to have options for my family. But the overall chatter that was in my mind was like, nah, this ain't for me. I cannot see myself doing this for the rest of my life. And because I'd become a parent of two, I stopped doing what I loved. I'd stopped dancing. I'd stopped running the dance classes. I'd stopped teaching because I was a mother now. And on top of that, I thought that I had to be qualified for what God called me to do. So I went to get a degree. Don't miss anything that I just said. I thought I had to be qualified for what God called me to do. So I went to get a degree. When the degree didn't work out, I said, okay, cool. I need to take care of my family. So I got a job that would give me money to be able to take care of my family. And in each of those things, they served a purpose. But because I realized I was in myself, now nah, I'm not happy here. This is not it. I asked more questions. And there was some posts when we work at the airport where you're on these checkpoints, where if you're leaving the airport and you're coming out of departures, you might see a security officer making sure that people don't go back through those doors. And bruh, if you ever sat on that post, it was like a three hour post. If you know Tanya, Charlene Crystal brooks Carty, she cannot sit anywhere for three hours without dropping asleep. And I'm at work 
fight and sleep, fight and sleep, fight and sleep. And if you're ever in a position where you fight sleep, like I fight sleep, I can be fully right in and drop sleep. I'm driving and I fall asleep. When I get bored, I go to sleep and it doesn't, I could be walking and I fall asleep and I'm not exaggerating. You just have to be around me to know it's true. I've stood at the top of my mum's stairs, having a conversation with my friend and then I've woke up. <laughs> my level of boredom is real. I think they call it narcolepsy, but I'm not, I'm not accepting that. <laughs> but my point is, it would be four days on, two days off, and for the whole four days, all I was thinking about is how the hell can I get out of here? I wasn't brave enough at that time to just leave because I had a family to take care of. And the money was good, so I'd just wake up and go to work and think, how the hell can I get out of there? And then randomly, they started doing this spree where they made people redundant. And not just redundant, they gave people the sack, to be honest. Oh, I never thought I was going to be on that list because I was good. I guess it was on that list. I was on that list. And if you're ever sacked from a security job at the airport, you have to be escorted off of the premises. Your ID is taken away from you. And it's just embarrassing. It is shameful. Especially when it really wasn't that deep. Like, bro, I didn't do what some of the other people were doing. I wasn't stealing things. I wasn't, you know... I think they sacked me for um, my attendance because when I was pregnant, I was very, I was really not well the second time. And so I had a lot of time off. They couldn't sack me when I was pregnant, but after that, they used it. It was cool. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for that experience. Because when I sat at home every day with my children, I was grateful to have more time with them. I was grateful to have more sleep. That wasn't for me. I wasn't the stay-at-home mom. That wasn't, that wasn't for me. So I kept asking, what can I do? What can I do? What do I need to do? The saddest thing was, for what we got paid, for what we'd done, like, there wasn't other jobs paying that at that time. To get that kind of wage, I really would have had to have bring my work home and all of that, like stuff that I just didn't want to do. So I just waited patiently. Kept asking, what can I do? What can I do? And my oldest son was an amazing dancer, like such a good dancer. And I started to take him to places like, like you seriously need to dance. Like you just dance anyways, but I want to make sure you go further than I ever did. And when I would take him to these places, he legit would not walk in the door. He would get there and he would be all pumped and he would look through that glass and he wouldn't go in. And it was so frustrating because he was so good. The backflips and all of this stuff. So you know what? I said, I've got to bring back what I love. I need to recreate the dance classes. So I booked some halls. I told Claudine she's teaching here. I told some of the other girls they're teaching there. And we just restarted the momentum. And through that, I then birthed Raw. I pulled Raw out of motivation and I started a different company. And the journey just continued. And it still continues. But it's through grit and grace that there is purpose. What is the grace? 
The grace is understanding the mistakes. The grace is understanding the things that don't make no sense, but you're covered by. The grace is understanding that you've made some mistakes. You haven't even really believed in yourself. You haven't even really been in the best place, but something has your back that you can't comprehend. Something is guiding you that you don't understand. Something is protecting you that you can't see. Something is going before you that you have no awareness or understanding about. But you see, if you try to do it all by yourself, you won't understand grace. If you try to figure it out all by yourself, you will not understand grace. And so as much as you need perseverance, as much as you need passion, as much as you need commitment, as much as you need effort and energy, yo, you got to work with something that you don't understand. And believe me when I say it's working on your behalf. It's working for you, not against you. There have been constant valleys in my journey. And guess what? I know there will be more. There's been many pits, many low moments, many no's, many, many no's. Many no's. But I'm unstoppable. I am unstoppable. Because the only person that can stop me from fulfilling my purpose, understanding who I am, waking up and finding something to wake up to that I deeply enjoy, I'm deeply passionate about, I'm deeply excited about, is me. So how the hell am I about to get in my own way? And let me tell you, this morning I picked a stick. It says, Queen, adjust your crown and have a good day. Do yourself a favor and stay out of your own way. We would love to keep speaking about the obstacles. We would love to keep speaking about the fears. We would love to keep existing in our current story, thoughts, realities, decisions, and choices that have got us to here. But I want to tell y'all, that's exactly how you stay in your own way. I say this and people get offended when I say I don't care. But I would love somebody to not care about what it is that may have stopped them. I would love somebody to not care about the circumstances that weren't perfectly placed. I would love somebody to not care about the relationship that you thought was meant to break you, but it was it expanded you, it stretched you, it brought out something in you. I would love somebody to not care about what they don't have and get crazy about what they do. I would love somebody to not care about the way that the world, their parents, their children, whoever sees them, but they're willing to go to the mirror and start to see their self. I would love that. 
but are you willing to do it? The first time that I went to the mirror, I done three things. I done three things. Firstly, I had to call myself by my full name. I, Tanya, Charlene, Crystal Brooks, Carty, love you because, bruh, when I said, I, Tanya, Charlene, Crystal, Brooks, Carty, love you, before the because came out and I looked into my eyes, I broke down crying. Because I didn't love me. I was meant to say six things as to why I love me and I couldn't get past one. And then I was meant to go on to, I, Tanya Charlene Crystal Brooks Carty, forgive you for, and then list six things. Again, I said one and I repeated it six times because what I needed to forgive myself for was so heavy. And then, as I looked into my eyes in the mirror, I had to end with, I, Tanya, Charlene Crystal Brooks Carty, am committed to. And I had to start reciting new things that I was committed to. I'm committed to being the best version of myself. I'm committed to speaking kinder to myself. I'm committed to going into this day and being my utmost best. I'm committed to being kind. And I started that process for 21 days. And it's a process that I got from Lisa Nichols. Because at one point she was um, diagnosed with really bad depression. And when she went to the doctor, they were gonna give her antidepressants. And she said, bruh, mm -mm. like I'm a speaker, I'm not, I'm not depressed. She said, can you give me a week or two and let me come back to you? And so when she went home, she went to the mirror. And that's the process that she done. And she done it for weeks. I'm not going to spend my time on YouTube listening to anybody, coming to these rooms, listening to anybody, hear myself in a place or position that I need freedom and not listen to the tool that they give me and then go straight away and apply it. So I took note. Not only did I take note of what she said, I became that note. I applied that note. I tried that note. And I'm a living testimony that that note of that level of mirror work changed my life. Because I kid you not, for the first seven days, I was a mess, a blabbering mess, because I'd never really looked into my eyes. Yes, I'd gone to the mirror to comb my hair. Yes, I'd gone to the mirror to see how my clothes looked. And what I done is I did that exercise naked. That's when it got real raw. Because my mind wanted to look at every floor and it wanted to just beat myself up because that's what it was accustomed of doing. And so when I had to forgive myself for the way that I spoke to myself, I had to forgive myself for the way that life was. I had to forgive myself for the people and things and experiences that I was blaming. 
You don't wake up in the morning and do that kind of exercise and then go through the rest of the day a victim. You don't wake up in the morning, do that kind of exercise and then go through the rest of the day feeling like you don't have no power. Some days you don't make it through the rest of the day. You crawl back to bed. You call in sick. Yeah, this is what has taken me to be able to speak with this level of confidence, to be able to speak with this level of vulnerability. It's not been about just showing up on these screens. It's been about wanting to really and truly live my best life and have nothing hold me back. And it's a constant journey. It's a constant work in progress. It's understanding grit and grace on a level that I never understood it before. It's having a level of commitment that I don't even like. I like random stuff. I like to go with what feels good. I like to go where the vibe's high. But really being able to find your purpose took discipline. Took a lot of discipline. Took a lot of uncomfortable conversations. A lot of uncomfortable scenarios. A lot of looking back to find the gold within the rubbish. Looking back and having so much gratitude for the domestic violence, for the women I didn't respect, for the losing my voice, for the friendships that hurt me, for the relationships that broke me, for the teachers that didn't believe in me, for all of it. And being so grateful to understand that as a human, sometimes the only thing that we learn from, the only thing that actually makes us better is pain. Pain for humans is one of the greatest teachers. They say one of your best lessons is your last mistake. But you know, some of us want to be so perfect, we don't even understand, we don't even recognize when we made a mistake. Yo, I've made mistakes, lots of them. And I continue to. But I'm willing to be a student that learns from those mistakes. Are you? Or are you fighting to be perfect so bad? But you can't even see when you're making mistakes. You can't even see when you're messing up. Or are you the opposite where you're just a customer of beating yourself up so bad that you can't even give yourself praise? You can't even give yourself permission to be great. Who are you? That's the question I started this room with. Who are you? And I'm not talking about who you are with your titles. I'm not talking about who you are with the roles that you play. I'm talking about taking all of that off, standing naked and saying, who am I? Because if you wanna know about purpose, you're gonna have to be yourself. You're gonna have to be yourself with no filters. Look at COVID. 
for the young people who are inspired by influencers. Where were they in the last year? Ah? Huh? Because they weren't popping up with all of these dope ass quotes and fancy pictures. Why? Why? Because without the filtered life, without the fake and phony life, they don't know who they are. But that's who we aspire to be. And all that social media is doing lately is shining a light on these things if you're willing to see it. I tell people all of the time, my asking is so great that I get all that I ask for. So do you, by the way. So do you. And in my arc skin, I used to write these letters, letters to my future self, but I wrote them now as if they'd already happened. And in one of these letters that I wrote, I was thanking all of these teachers, all of these same people that were teaching me from YouTube for free. I thanked them for everything they taught me. I, I wrote the letter as if I was in their presence. Within a year, I was in like four out of the five people's presence. As a matter of fact, I've been in every person's presence from that letter, minus Oprah, but that's because I know I'm going to be on her bench. Like, that's cool. So my point is, in writing those letters and request and thanking them, I was able to then be in rooms with those people. Some of those people I even got to work with. And when I got to work with these people that I was looking up to, that I was inspired by, you know what? My prayers were like, thank you that I don't live that life because their behind the scenes was ridiculous. I don't want it. I don't want it. What they was battling with, what they was pushing through, what they was, nah, I don't want it. I didn't want it. But you won't know that if you're looking at somebody's show reel and you're not privileged to see their behind the scenes. I said it earlier, I'll say it again. I've been going through some things and I will continue to, but it's my grit, it's my resilience, it's my perseverance, it's my commitment that doesn't allow me to sit in my pit. It's a conscious choice to move through it. It's a conscious choice to grow through it. It's a conscious choice to go through it because I don't want my pit to be my platform. I don't want it to be my platform. I don't wanna be the woman that when people call my name in a room, they say, oh God, she's always going through something. Oh, she's a Debbie Downer. No. I want that dash between the day that I was born and the day that I die. I want people to be able to say, yo, that woman had a crazy positive impact on my life. That woman made me believe in myself. That woman pumped me up to being great. That woman made me see myself like I've never seen myself before. And you know what? If I want to have that kind of impact, yo, who's got to be a living testimony to it? Me. Who's gonna go through those trials? Me. But when I die, I'm gonna die with the biggest smile on my face. Just like I say to people, if I get married and I am not howling, when I tell you laughing down that aisle, do not let me marry that man. Do not, 
Yo, he has put something in my food. He has poisoned me. Do not let me marry him. Because I'm going to laugh. I am going to laugh so hard that he has to be comfortable to marry me because I'm not going to take it serious. If my vows come out without me being stupid, then do not let me marry that man. Don't. Because I know who I am. And anybody who knows me knows, yo, if I make it down that aisle, bruh, <laughs> my dad will be so shame. <laughs> That's the life that you want to live. The life where you're not afraid to be who you are. The life where you're not scared to be who you are because who you are always has been, always will be enough. It's enough. It's nothing more, it's nothing left, left, you know? Nothing less, it is enough. And it's in that enoughness. It's in that enoughness. You know, some people used to say to me, I'm too enough. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I'm too enough to be in your hands. I'm too enough to be in your presence. I'm not dimming my light so you can feel comfortable. No. And that's what we do. And at the same time, I don't need to go into rooms and show up. Yeah, this is who I am and announce and pronounce myself. No, no need to do that. Being you is enough. Being you without the filters, without the titles, without the validating and neediness and you ran after this to become this because somebody told you you wouldn't, without all of that, you are enough. And when you fully go to the mirror and you start to recognize that and you start to understand that and you start to live from the most authentic place, from the most authentic version of yourself, yo, you ain't worried about a lot of things because grace and understanding that you always are exactly where you need to be, bro. Your level of chill is different. Your level of calm is different. Some people talk to me and I think they think, is she listening? Is she engaged? Is she involved? My level of chill can be different. Just like when I'm ready to be a bulldog, mind out. I embrace all of me. And I recognize that all of me is necessary for who I'm called to be. All of it, all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, the up, the down, the round and round, all of it. And so I invite you that as we stop and we finish in this month of purpose, if you haven't through these conversations, if you haven't through this month, please, Ask yourself, who are you without the titles, without the roles? Who are you? And when you ask yourself who you are, ask yourself another question. Who are you willing to become? Who are you willing to become? And when you ask yourself those questions, then maybe, just maybe, if you wake up every single day and you make a conscious decision to take steps to become 
that greatest version of yourself. You ain't going to be out here talking about what mummy did, what daddy did, what Sarah did, what uncle did. You'll understand that as hurtful, as painful, as abusive as it was, yo, it had a purpose. Find it and allow the purpose within it to be your platform, not the pit of it, not the trauma of it, not the hell of it. And walk strong on that story. Walk tall on that story. Walk bold and courageous on that story. Because like Tahira said yesterday, yo, we've all been through some shit. And Tanya, being Tanya, will go, and? <laughs> like, duh. One thing that my mum always tells me and my family is my face is very disrespectful. And I've been trying to teach it some inside manners for a long time, but it doesn't, mm, it don't want to learn. And my face is disrespectful because I just hear some things. And my face is like, ah, computer error, no. Sometimes, maybe all the time, maybe most of the time. Purpose is about being willing to disrupt and dismantle your own shit. It's about having grit. It's about understanding that in order for you to become the best version of yourself, in order for you to attain and reach and really smash those goals that you're reaching for, in order for you to be, I don't know, the best parent, daughter, sister, mother, uncle, father, you need to know who you are. I will never, ever wake up a day in this life again doing anything that I don't want to do. Ever, 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 ever. And yes, I get mad when I tell you mad, when I say yes, when I should have said no. And it's as simple as, I hired a gardener and the gardener came and did a lovely job and I paid the gardener for the job that he'd done. He then looked at the front of my house and said, oh my God, because your garden looks so good. And y'all know I've told you about my miracle grass. With my miracle grass, it looks so good. I can have these extra touches. And I was like, oh, that's great. You know, I've never really thought of that because lately my level of chill has been different. I have been so chilled. So I said, oh, I've never really thought of that. So he's like, yeah, you just need to get a tub of paint. Da, 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 I'll bang it out for you, right? And I was like, oh, you know what? It's September, kids are back to school, stepping into new projects. Don't really, don't really want to spend my finances there or commit to that right now. Maybe next year I'll look at doing that, you know, for summer. He then says, don't worry. I'll do it for you for free. I'll chuck in a little extra. All you got to do is get the materials. I'm like, oh my God, that's really nice. See God, I get everything I asked for. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's amazing. 
That was a couple of weeks ago. He then contacts me to say, yeah, I'm going to come and do the garden. He messaged me to say he's going to come and do it. He's grabbed the materials, just need to reimburse him. Cool. I'm waiting, thinking he said he's coming today. He didn't come. I take a nap. I wake up from my nap. I hear my son outside talking. I'm like, ah, that sounds like the man's voice. So I open the door. He's pretty much finished the work. And I'm like, mm, didn't you knock the door? Like, just to tell me you're here. He's like, nah, I didn't see your car. So I didn't think he was here. Okay, cool. Starts doing the work. Half of it goes how he doesn't want it to go. So he decides he needs to change it. He needs to get a different type of paint, um, which obviously I need to pay for. But actually, because he needs to change it for it to look better, I need to pay him 50 quid. Eh, schizomwa, study. <laughs> ah. Sorry. <laughs> no, what we ain't going to do is try to hustle a hustler. That's not what we're feeling a do, okay? And I was mad because I was looking at him and my face was so irritated. My core was so irritated. I was like, that's not a problem, innit? Now nah, I do think about it. I did that part for you for free. If I go and get the details, this is going to look wicked. I'll chuck in this and that. A 50 quid. Ah! <laughs> and the thing is, I couldn't allow it to come out of my mouth to be like, no, that's not what we're going to do. And I was dead ass mad with myself. I was so angry because in that moment, I didn't want to make him feel less than he is. I didn't want to disrespect him. So I was happy to disrespect myself. I came off the phone. I was actually coaching at the same time. So I wasn't really fully committed to the conversation. And I spoke to um, my client who I was talking to at the time. And as I said it out loud, the way that it made my stomach feel, right? I was meant to go to the gym after. I messaged my sister, I said, I'm not coming to the gym because something has just irritated my core. I cannot allow that to happen. So I messaged him and I explained. I said, I explained everything. I explained why it irritated me. I explained why I didn't want it. He still messaged back. Okay, cool. I'll come back tomorrow and I'll bang it out. Don't worry. You can give me the change at another time. Uh, what I said is, I don't want to pay you to do that job right now. And I do not want to owe you to pay you later. That is not how I operate. I don't want to. So no, please don't come. And it was a little bit of a back and forth, but I had to do it for me because it was so small, yet I know me. And I know that would have lingered in my spirit because it would have been like, Tanya, your boundaries are out. You didn't want to do that. You knew you didn't want to do it. You then didn't want to upset the other person. So you went ahead. No, Tanya, don't do it to yourself. And it's little things like that, that add up. And before you know it, there's been other things that have been happening right now where I'm like, no, seriously, you should not be allowed to cross my door, but you're crossing my door. My boundaries are out. So I have to readjust them. And what we don't understand is, it's little things. It's little things that become big things. It's little experiences that you turn into a spirit. It's little things that you allow to define you. It's little things that you allow you to be completely knocked off of your path. It's little things that allow you to be over-emotional. It's little things. We think that it's the massive thing. More time than not, it's not. 
It's the first time you watched the news and you felt uncomfortable about coronavirus, but you watched it again and you watched it again and you watched it again. Then you listened to people's conversations about it. Then you watched how many people are dying. Before you know it, you're living in a story that makes you so uncomfortable, but nobody did that to you but you. Someone said you're not a good writer, so you stopped writing. Someone said you're not a good dancer, so you stopped dancing. Someone said you'd never amount to nothing, so you've ran your whole life trying to be successful in every single department just to prove something to who? I told this to 5 a.m. this morning. With the new job that I've got, they want to see my degree paper. They asked for the certificates. I've sent off all my certificates, but guess what, guys? I don't have the degree certificate. Why does Tanya not have the degree certificate? Because when I realized that I was walking across that stage to prove to my parents that, oh, I'm great, to prove to my grandparents that we're successful, to prove that I could be the first one to get a degree, first of all, I didn't even walk across the stage because I didn't like any of that that I was doing it for. And second of all, when the degree paper came through <laughs> and I did some work later and I realized that I was allowing that to define me, I was allowing that to determine how great I was, how qualified I was, bruh, I ripped up the certificate. <laughs> so now I don't have it. At that time, it was necessary because they, I was attached to so much things around it that just didn't make me feel good. But it wasn't a surface level thing. It came from me doing work. It came from me sitting with myself. It came from me asking myself, who am I? And when I asked myself, who am I? I asked myself, what's defining me? And at that time, it was motherhood. It was being single. It was the account balance. It was the qualifications. And I had to ask myself if I wanted all of those things to define me for the rest of my life. Because the truth is, I was dope before I was a mum. I was dope before I was qualified. I was dope before I went into a relationship. I'm dope in or without a relationship. But underneath all my funk, I didn't know that. I didn't remember that. I wasn't saying that to myself. So what are you guys saying to you? I just wanna thank everybody for continuously coming in these rooms, for consistently coming in these rooms. By no means are some of these conversations comfortable, but if you managed to be in that room yesterday, it was profound. And I'm grateful that the space allows you to have space to see things differently, to learn things differently, to hear things differently. And yesterday, before I actually got up and started to kind of coach, I was actually going to say, I just wonder if everybody could boldly, courageously just invite three people to this room next week. Three people. And I just wonder if all of us could do that two or three times throughout the week. It doesn't matter if they say yes. It doesn't matter if they show up. It doesn't matter if they say no, just invite people. 
because I know what this is doing for my life. And it's not just the rooms that I'm speaking, it's the rooms that I'm privileged to listen in. It's the conversations that I'm willing to hear. It's when you guys come to the stage and interact. People pay thousands to have a coach, thousands to have counseling. Yo, we're getting it in here for free. And so I invite you guys to just share it. Share the experience of kickstarting your morning with questions that allow you to think, like actually consciously think, that allow you to access information that can help you. And maybe they might not be available, then you can share the podcast. You can share sticks. I would never come on a platform and be like, guys, can you share the room? Can you share my products? Because, ah. I really like those things, but I need to stop playing with what God's doing. I said yesterday, many of us are waiting on God, but God's waiting on us. And my prayer for a long time has been, God, I just want to see me. I genuinely cannot wait to see me how you see me. Because I know that at times my glasses are tainted, they're dirty. If I'm even got them on, bruh, sometimes it's like I'm blind as fuck. Real talk. Because I'm blinded by stupidness in, in Caribbean. That's it, stupidness. So I'm just praying to be more clear. I'm praying to have more clarity. And I pray that y'all do the same. If anybody wants to come to the stage and share anything that they've picked up from today, anything that has really resonated with them from the last month some of y'all come in and I know that things are resonating just come and share because a point that you picked up someone else might have missed but it might be the very point that they need the conversations are just amazing and one thing that yesterday really really secured within my mindset is brah don't take qualif- um, conversations for granted Conversations are so healing. They're healing. So understand the conversations that you choose to have. Are they growing you? Are they stretching you? Are they healing you? Or are they deflating and depleting you? Grand Rising, mother, how art thou? I don't like that, mother. Sounds a little bit like... um, Hi, Miss Tina. Hi, Miss Tina. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the questions, right? That's what we do. Like, seek and seek and seek and seek, and there's a million points. I can't even, from the first sentence, there was a question. So, you ask, Who am I? or Who are we in this room? Or generally, that's something that you tend to ask us. And today, for the first time, I actually realized that I am the unknown. It's so funny because when you say, ask yourself this or ask yourself that, do you know the other side of that? Like, I know know exactly what I'm not willing to accept. So yesterday when you rang and it was explained about the gardener, you know, it it makes me chuckle up to now. And when you said, I messaged him, and, and now you're explaining you were coaching and it was kind of like, yeah, dealing with two things. But I, I had no 
asked you, like, Tanya, why would you not have looked him straight in his face and have that conversation with him? Like, message so that he could misread? No. You see the facial expression that you're very good at? Screwing up your face and the way you hear things and the way you receive things and the way that your face portrays that? He would have had to look you straight in your face and see which part of vulnerable <laughs> But do you know what? Shall I tell you what's crazy? As bold and as courageous as I can be, I genuinely don't like to make other people feel stupid. And the way that my face and my tone would have been disrespectful because I felt disrespected, I just thought, you know what? It's better to be have peace than to be right. Do you understand? And I do. I do. Can I ask a question in, in line with grit and grace? Because what I can hear is that the man wanted an opportunity for more work. I mean, yeah. guys, from trying to sell me all other kinds of things, I, I know a hustler when I see one because I'm a hustler. So I, a part of me was laughing because I just thought, aha, <laughs> like you can't hustle a hustler. But another part of me was like, nah, my boundaries are out. So it had less to do with him and more to do with me. Do you understand? And even the fact that I wouldn't confront him face to face, I was like, Tanya, are you getting soft? No, 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 Tanya, are you getting soft? That was the conversation that I was having with myself. And even if there is, you're hard, you're soft, right? You're good, you're bad. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Like, for me, I would always speak about not separating the duality of self because it's kind of like you go on these journeys and people think, oh, Tina is a good person and I'm good. I, I had this conversation with your father, my brethren, yesterday, you know, we were talking. And, you know, about yesterday's room and, and life in general. And you all know that I'm good until I ain't good. So if somebody, if somebody, um, you know, said now, oh, Tina's a really great person. Yeah, but honestly, catch me on the other side of myself. And I'm great at that as well. I'm great at the badass side of myself, trust me. So it is like you're saying it, the conversation is about you and I could see the man's opportunity and whatever. The lack of integrity is do not, and I repeat to the room, yo, when we're going to offer somebody something to say, I am willing to give you this, then, then which part of you feels like, oh, I messed it up, I didn't really do what I wanted to do, so I'm now going to charge you more. But the thing is, I also felt like it was an opportunity to come in, like, as in, I kind of did what I said I was going to do, but I'll do some more at a charge. Do you get what I mean? And what I'm trying to say is, I recognise it. It's cool. I recognise, like I said, a hustler when I see one. But at the same time, it was so much less about the person and it was more about me. It was me asking myself, what am I willing to allow? What is acceptable for me? And this is the questions that many of us don't ask. We go around, life is giving us big situations or small situations, and we're not willing to say to ourselves, 
What am I actually allowing? What am I willing to accept? And when I asked myself those questions and boundaries were flying around my head, it's like, you know what? This is my house. This is the perimeter around it. Without permission, don't come in it. My gate isn't just open. And at that moment, because I'm being in this, you know, I can come into these rooms, I can be a bulldog, I could preach and da, da, da. I don't even like preaching. I can come in with a certain energy. I really don't like it, right? But sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, people are hardened. That means people can't hear. So when you speak with a certain tone, a certain energy, then people receive it, you know? And I'm always battling with that part of me and the part of me that's just like, I'm just cool. I'm just chilled. I don't really care about a lot of things. Like I'm just cool, you know? And it's the same when we're dealing with situations and scenarios. And so for me, it was just like, yo T, your gate's open, bro. People are walking in lately. It's not just that. That was like the final situation that it was like, Tanya, if you do not address this head on, you may as well roll down on the floor and let people walk over you. And that might sound dramatic to people. But like I said, there have been a series of events that have happened as of late that I am like, ah, uh-uh, this chilled vibe means you can be chilled, but baby girl, you still need to have boundaries. Yes, and I I think as well, it's the analogy of the garden. So for the room, you know, Tanya's garden, her boys, they play football, so there was no grass and it was a, it was barren land. It was a, (laughs) it was a dry patch. So Tanya was like, you know, I had, I had um, planted grass seeds, so Tanya was like, I'm going to go and get the seeds because she'd looked at turfs, she'd looked at, and when she'd looked at turfs, it's kind of like that instant manifestation. I want grass instantly, so I'm going to buy turfs. But actually it was like, okay, you can lay seeds, but what do I have to do to lay seeds? So she went through, you know, getting the thing, digging up all of the things, planting her, her grass, and now she has to maintain it. So in maintaining it, a lot of the time Tanya goes out and she has the lawnmower herself, yeah? And sometimes when you ask for help, there is people in the family that can help. It's like, oh, could you help me do my garden? Yep, yep, I'm coming, I'm coming. And it's like, but when they're coming, you're more frustrated because look at the garden. And then there's creepy crawlies and there's all sorts of things. And you just want to see, because sometimes time you need to get foxes or you, you want to see, you don't want the grass so tall <laughs> so you can't see what's in there. So now in asking, getting recommended a gardener, it's like, yeah, I deserve to pay someone to do a great job. And so for me, it's the whole analogy of the garden. It's the whole analogy of taking care of your garden, taking care of that project, taking care of your house, taking care of your children, taking care of yourself. And then it's about what you allow to penetrate that like you say and the thing is I was so grateful and I still am so grateful for the vision that he's given to me to add to make it look even better I'm so grateful and I'm going to fulfill that but guess what on my clock when I'm ready not because do it now and I'll owe you that's not how I work that's not how I function and and I'm not about to change that but again there is a majorly soft it is so soft and delicate part of me hence why there's a bulldog 
because that part is so soft and so delicate that if I don't take care of it, if I don't protect it, if I don't understand it, like I will give until my pockets are empty. I will pour until I'm dead last. Do you understand? And so in this journey of, of understanding who you are, the reason why I'll speak about this in grit and grace is to recognize also the grit that's within you and the grace that's within you. And how do you manage those? Are some of you attached to the hardcore, rah, go hard, go or go home energy? Are some of you attached to the darling and ah and my and do, and you need a bit more grit? These conversations have so many levels. There's grace and grit in each of us. As much as life has given us those opportunities to learn and experience both of them, what are we doing with them? Do we understand them or are we hanging into one side of the tide? Grace, some people hang on to, God's gonna help me, God's gonna help me, God's gonna help me, I'm waiting for someone to help me, this person's gonna help me, I'm very happy and please, I will still pay the man to do my garden because he's done an amazing job. But I will pay you what I want to pay you for and to do. Do you understand? It's like the conversation of staying in our lanes and staying out of the way. Many of us experience extra conflict and extra conflict, the contrast, because we don't know the balance between the grit and grace that's within you. It is not necessary for me to go hard and do, do, do. It's not necessary all of the time. As much as it's not necessary for me to be calm all of the time. I need to find the balance in both. And so do you. Are you yeah. available to do that? What to hear on had said is that um, she's getting ready so she can't come up. But she said it's about stating a matter on fact rather than making someone feel stupid. That is what my mum would say. Just to allow that element of braving. I love that. But my matter of fact was going to be so rude. <laughs> and it is. It's just about speaking your truth. It's just about stating what happened. But for me, the way that my integrity is set up, I personally feel embarrassed if I say I'm going to offer you something and then slyly I'm working in a charge the way that my integrity is set up, I can't, I can't balance with that. I don't like it. Do you understand? I'm a hustler. So if you offer me something, I'm hustling you down from the get-go. Most shops that I go into sometimes, <laughs> it's a normal shop. And I tell them, yo, I'm getting two of these. There's something you can do. They give me 10%. <laughs> I've lived many of my life doing that. I've done it. You know, there's a there's a part of me that I like. Also, um, Hania, when someone comes into your network and says, oh, I bought a couple of packets of sticks, could you do me an offer? I tell them no, straight. <laughs> right. So sometimes how we're being, then life treats us the same. We have people that point blank will say, I'm going to go and get everything for free. I'm not paying for anything. Do you know what I mean? So, that, like you said, there's lots of different levels of everything, and and it's all great in listening. To and that. there is in knowing because even the other day I was talking to my mum and I said, "Yo, the level that I have um, in certain areas of my life to 
get into certain doors and do certain things. I've got the gift of the gab. I, I can bargain through, I can hustle through, I can make things happen. And I said, am I putting out to the universe that I want to bargain my way through life? Because I don't want to bargain my way through life. So if that's what I'm putting out, bro, I'm not bargaining anymore. So there's different facets. There was a, a season when I was in my survival mode and my coping mode, that was necessary. In thriving mode, I don't need to do that. Hence why when people come to me and say, oh, I'm buying two packs of stick, can I get an offer? No. Maybe if you've brought 15 or 20 packs, yeah, two packs, no thank you. No, no, I'm okay, no. So you just got to know, exercise your no as a complete sentence and your yes. And I will give live examples because it's real life, guys. We're learning and growing. I like, I like the way that you said that you would still use the man who done a great job. Because sometimes when something goes wrong, we wrong the whole experience and we are not able to identify the good that was in that relationship or in that that person or that experience no you fully teach people how to treat you and because I'm clear of that he's very good at what he does he's very good at what he does even the painting job very good do you understand but you can't hustle a hustler <laughs> <laughs> Grand Rising Sandra, welcome to the stage. How are you? Really good. Um, when I came into the room, I came into the room late, and the first thing I heard you say was, "We are the you know the only person that can stop you being successful is yourself." And it floored me because I started my own company this year, as you know, and in the last couple of months, it has gone really well. Um, we completed the project of 5,000 meals for the free school meal children over the summer holidays. Ooh, yep, yep, okay, well so done. Thank you. It wasn't just me, I had a really good team. Um, and I kept saying, I can't believe this, I can't believe this. And then my two friends said, you were always the one stopping you in your way of doing this. We all always knew you could do it. It was you. And I just got floored because... You know, I hadn't thought of it that way. I hadn't thought it was me that was stopping myself from doing it. I know what's inside of me. I know I'm a great chef. I know I'm a good businesswoman. And so, so to put them together, why was I surprised? Why am I still in awe of I've achieved this? I went into that bit and I put the figures together saying, this is my job. So why didn't I just continue that? So I'm learning about myself a lot more. I don't care, um, Tanya, like you said, catering companies, they're hating me at the moment. I don't care. I am there to run my business. I am there to help people in the community. I have given other people jobs. I have given um, people that have got autistic children who want a chance to be a chef. You know, it is, a, it is Haywood's Catering is for everyone who wants it. It's everyone who wants to be part of my ethos. It's not for me to be 
um, you know, greasy, glassing, money, um, which, don't get me wrong, I still have plans to be a millionaire, but in a social way, if that makes any sense. But to hear you that. say, to hear you say, we, you know, the only person stopping us from what we want to do and reaching the levels was me, because I was dumbing myself down, I was trying to fit in with what they thought I should be. Not anymore. That Sandra has gone. This is a new Sandra. This is the businesswoman, the mum. You know, I'm just happy. I can say in my life, in all areas, at this time, on this day, I am happy. Yay! I love that. And I love to hear that version of you, Sandra. And honestly, um, that is when I wrote up about Shake the Room as a whole, my whole reason in doing this was that people become unapologetic about who they are, period, you know, about what they do and why they do it. And the great thing is when you follow through on your vision, when you follow through on doing what you so effortlessly do, because you're just being yourself, you're just using your gifts, your talents, your resources, the amount of opportunities that that not only births for you, but it births for the community, that it births for the people that are attached to you, that it births for other people who didn't see themselves. That's the purpose. But we won't know that if we don't give ourselves permission to even walk in our own path, in our own light, in our own direction. And so I'm grateful that your friend said, listen, we knew you were stopping you. I had a conversation in 5 a.m. this morning. I was saying to them, everybody else can see it for many of us that listened to the conversation yesterday we could all hear ourselves we could hear the stories we could hear the excuses but when you're in it you don't see it the same and that's the importance of having a community I always say when I talk about sisterhood, it is the ability of you're the person driving the car and your sisters are your wing mirrors. Now, if you're driving the car and you're facing forward, the wing mirrors see things that you don't see. That's the importance of allowing yourself to be in a community. That's the importance of allowing yourself to be held in account is that, yes, I can do great things, but yo, there are some things that I need people to say, Tanya, have you thought of this? Tanya, have you considered that? Tanya, what about that? And then it's up to me to step into it. I say to people, sometimes we need to lean on other people's faith until it becomes our faith. People can see things in you that you cannot see yourself. And if you just listen, and I always say, if it's from God, it will come with confirmation. So if you've not heard it once, you've not heard it twice, but you've heard it three times, pay attention. Because a lot of the time, that's the very thing that's going to help us. And sometimes it can be people saying, you need to deal with your moods. And we're like, no, we're perfectly fine how we are. But actually, maybe if we dealt with our moods, we'd be able to make more progress. Maybe if we dealt with our attitude, we'd be able to be more kind. As much as there are people who are saying, have you considered opening a school? Have you considered starting your business? And you're like, no, don't see myself as a business person. I'm just a mum." And it's like, no, leaning into them, lean into what they're saying, lean into their faith and believe in yourself a little bit. And heck, if you don't believe in yourself, believe in their idea of you, believe in their version of you. And before you know it, you'll experience a different truth. 
I'm sorry, I have to laugh at that because mine was, why would I do that? I'm 57. So I was putting an age limit on everything. I love that. And time is an illusion. When we listen to some of the greatest people, yo, I am so inspired because some of them found their purpose at 50, 57, 60. There's no age on what we can or can't do. Again, the only thing that limits you is you. Sandra, I think it's so great. And as I, you know, I message you and say congratulations and definitely clapping for you and what you're doing and your success. And I think it's so funny when you just said you were thinking like 57, because we had a conversation the other day and it seems like 60 is so young compared to what 60 used to be. So, you know, if we, if we define ourselves by a time, we limit ourselves. So just keep doing what you're doing. It's, it's fantastic and it's amazing. And Thank time, you. Honestly, please keep doing what you're doing because the community needs it. And I'm so proud of the project that you've got to deliver. I know children that benefited from it. I know people that had jobs because of it. And that's the power of stepping into your truth. It doesn't just benefit you. It doesn't. It benefits so many others. Yet sometimes we're so scared to be undone. We're scared to be vulnerable. We're scared to step into our fears. We're scared. That was the other thing that I came up here for after the garden. It was the vulnerability. And, I, you know, yesterday I shared a page out of the book that I'm reading. And even though I seem to be reading the same page over and over again, maybe there's a reason for that. Um, you know, today when you were speaking about the conversation we had in 5 a.m., um, I love Julie's check-in. I'm not sure if she's on here, if she's still on here. But Julie, um, this morning while we were speaking, she became aware how much of us are willing to be naked you know so when i was hearing what you were speaking about we cover up with everything we cover up with the limited ideas that we entertain that's what i got in my check-in the lies that we tell ourselves and yesterday when you know claudius and i was having that conversation i said claudius am i am i confused because when claudine and tanya got pregnant at the same time I didn't really stress out about it. I didn't really go on about it. I didn't really, um, I said, did I? And he said, no, nah, I don't think you did because what I did because X, Y, and Z. And he said, I had to go away, I had to process it, I had to. And I said, I just don't know if I actually, sometimes I don't know if I, you know, take things on in, in that way. I'm kind of like, it is what it is and believe me there's there's somebody that's going to get us through this so you know like so in claudine's room when i was saying claudine you know what i i i feel like an imposter as a parent because i i don't wear that tradition you know like when people say how could you speak so openly about sex in front of your children or how could you do this or how could you i just think that if i'm one of the i'm one of the best teachers that my children could have so let them hear it from me. When my grandchildren came to me and said, Grandma, why, when we're seeing these things on TV, are we getting a hard on? I spoke to my grandsons about it because I think that it's better that they hear those things from somebody who loves them, somebody who's going to give it to them in the best way, rather than, yeah, they're finding that out out there because we are so scared 
on we don't think it's right or we don't know how to have that conversation and that's why today tanya i'm saying that i'm realizing that i am the unknown because i truly don't know the full potential of who i am everything that i believed i was when it got stripped away i'm still something else beyond that so when my when my my children are 18 and they don't require me anymore in the way that I used to be. What I used to say for years was, I am a mother of six. I am a mother of six. I'm still a mother of six, but that doesn't define who I am. Or if I say, oh yeah, I'm a project manager, but I don't have any projects to manage during COVID. That doesn't define who I am. So to me, in my in my understanding now, I'm the unknown. I'm everything. Like Julie said today, we're made up of everything like the grass grains the air outside the, everything is matter and we are all a part of everything so i'm just the unknown there's still so much to me that i really don't know and i'm a part of that unknown un unknown experience i love that love it that's all it is i'm happy to know nothing at all that's why i have so much fun finally understanding nothing it's great it's a dope place to be. Mr. Claude, Grand Rising, good morning. Good morning, good morning. This is the first time I've had to listen to the room. Good morning, everybody. Sorry, excuse my manners. Um, it's the first time I've had to listen to the room and I'm not at work, so hallelujah to that. And the two uh, yesterday morning and um, this morning have been um, great um, eye-openers, especially yesterday, how um, Anita could actually strip herself so there. And I think a lot of people actually felt that, felt her pain, felt her resonation. But in the in the mix of the conversation, there's a big part that I need to play that she has to look at herself and understand herself a lot more than what she's trying to understand herself. I'm not gonna go there now for that conversation. And in the conversation yesterday, I was still at home. So I wasn't moving too late and then I, was in and out of the room. So again, I'm gonna do a bit of promotion because Tanya doesn't like to promote herself, but I'll promote her. She's my daughter and in this there is she she does these sticks and they're very um powerful, very beautiful. So I've got a set of sticks and I haven't really picked up my sticks. <laughs> really haven't really picked them up. And yesterday when Anita um was talking, it resonated with me so much. I actually went and dug for a stick. So this stick is for you um the need to the stick up and tell your spaces purpose over power. Hmm. Mm -mm. What stick is that? I've never had that stick. <laughs> purpose over power. Is that a black purpose. stick? Yes, it is. Wow. Right. And then today you were talking about um the decorator, um, the gardener coming and um Hustling. I'm like, hold on a minute, how the hell can I do it? She comes from two of the best hustlers that she knows. How the hell can she allow someone to hustle? That's what and I'm then, saying. I was disappointed. Oh. But then you didn't want to have the conversation there, then you should have I think. And then it would have been he would have understood that it is not hustle. If he wants to do something for free, then do it for free. If he wants money for something, then say he wants money for something. Be playing simple. Be playing, then everybody on standing on the same ground. And then I went into my stick again. I said, what did you say? 
And then I thought, and because my, my mind was thinking about you, so here it goes. This one's for you. It says, keep it 100. <laughs> so the purpose of me joining this conversation is to promote my daughter's sticks sometime and say, if you haven't got, go and get. Because sometimes in a conversation when your mind is at its strongest and your mind is thinking and you delve in and pick out the sticks, it will keep it real, it will power the purpose, you know, keep it 100, it will tell you what, you know, what time is. And on the back of this, this whole room, as Harley said earlier, when she doesn't like to promote herself, but she's done a bit of promoting today, only a bit, she didn't promote it properly, as far as I'm concerned. Um, was was the second bit? Hold on a minute, my head's gone a bit. Uh, what did you? What else did you promote of yours? You've done your sticks. How oh, about the room? Right now, this room I have. I've had. I got um, a customer of mine, and we talk about lots of different things and uh, things like that. Um, my fiance Julie knows him and that. And then I said to him, oh, "I joined Clubhouse, blah blah blah." And he's been on there a couple of times. And the other day, he came in the shop, and I was listening. Um, came to my workplace and I was listening to Clubhouse and he says to me, oh, Claude, what are you doing? You seem far away. I said, oh, I'm, I'm on Clubhouse. He goes, wow, yeah, 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 yeah. He goes, shit, I reckon get my things so I can go out in my car and listen to this Clubhouse, you know what I mean? He said, I love it. He said, I love it because it gets you. It wants to, he said, well, I listen to it. He's listened to it a couple of times. He says, it just gets you in your soul. It gets you up and it makes you want to do something. It makes you want to go and do something, you know what I mean? And he says, I love it. He goes, you should feel proud. And I says to him, I don't feel proud. I am proud. I'm proud of my daughters. The way that they take this. I'm proud of this, the way she jumps and does her bit. I'm proud of Anita, the way she does her bit. But most of all, I'm proud of Tina because this is Tina. It's a modern, what Tanya's done is brought to everybody a modern version of her mother. A modern version of her mother to the world. Because Tina's always been doing this. She's always there for everybody. She's always 100% with people. You know, if you, have, if you sit down and have that pleasure of having a conversation with Tina, you'll understand how 100 she is. You know, she don't have no ears. She don't have no graces. She don't run by no body's clock. She runs by her own body clock. She don't run by nobody's time. She runs by her time. And her time is, as I said, what she does in 24 hours would put all of us to shame sometimes. So I'm just picking up this room and I love it because yeah, um, before I finish it and how I'm going to put it, it's some people are going to take it strange, but you just have to take it how it is. This is how it is for me is my fiance joined Elevate, joined the rooms and everything like that. That's Julie who's in the room. And um, a week or so, it might be even a couple of days before I just said, I've got to do something different. I've got to do something different. I've got to start getting up early again, blah, 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 blah. She said, I said to her, well, get up and go into one of the rooms with Denver or something like that, you know? She said, no, nah, that's too early for me, five o'clock too early for me, I can't get up at five o'clock. I can't get up at five o'clock. I said, well, try to get up at six o'clock, I'll ring you because I'll be up, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe, 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 but I've just got to do something different. She said, She's been searching for something different for herself a little bit. She says, what is my purpose? She's been looking for a purpose. And I think she's found it, but she only her can tell you, only she can tell you that. So she has been in this room now. How long has she been in your
your room now, Charlie? Elevate. Uh, about two months, I think. Yeah, she came in the second month. Right. Yeah. And I don't think, and I don't think she's missed a five o'clock morning sleep. Right. Let me just tell you guys for the room. Five o'clock is something that I um, encourage everybody to do as a form of discipline, really as a form of discipline and then building the relationship with their self before they give to the world. In the month of purpose, I pulled people from having accountability partners because what would happen is if you're late, your accountability partner calls you or, you know, there's people to hold you account. Um, so I pulled it away. In the midst of that, this week, I have been praying over the space of Elevate to move the spirit of laziness. Because in the month of purpose, I'm seeing excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. It's real life. However, Miss Julie has been the only person that hasn't missed one 5 a.m. And I'm including myself in that because I was out here getting lit and, and I wasn't making it into the room. But Miss Julie hasn't missed one. Since she stepped in those doors, she ain't played about herself. She ain't played about her journey. She ain't played about being vulnerable. She ain't played about speaking up. And if you've been coming into these rooms, the first time that she came to this stage, her voice was shaking, 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 shaking. Much more confident, much more bold, much more willing to just express and share her truth. Like, it's crazy. It's absolutely amazing. I'm going to say it is a and I've watched her evolve, change, morph from a, what is a butterfly start off as a little caterpillar. Caterpillar into a butterfly. So I'll put that that way. But to me, and it's like, and how I put it is she is now my brand new secondhand girl. And I put that in the, and I mean that with the utmost respect. Some people are like most thinking, shit, what does he say? And I mean, it's like I've got a new person. And I have to thank you, Lord. It's like I've got a new, I know Julie. I, I love Julie. But this is like, I'm just watching all these new shoots, shoot off of her. And she's just growing and growing and growing. So my purpose of saying that is a need to, maybe you might need to get up at five o'clock, stop sitting in that room. And wake up in the morning and join to elevate, to elevate your soul and to elevate your confidence to just give you a different purpose in life. I love that. Thank you, Dad. And honestly, as you spoke, I just wrote in our Elevate group that honestly, to everybody in the room, I am beyond blessed. When I tell you beyond blessed for the parents that I have. And not only the parents that I have, the relationship that they have and what it's taught me and continues to teach me about unconditional love. And um, we're going to continue the series of actually sharing our truth like that room that mum, dad, Claudine and Julie done. Dope. But that's not even an inch. And um, some of my other siblings, different people will chop in. But the truth of the matter is. For me personally, I think Julie's not even, I think she's gone to work now, bless her. Oh no, she's back. Hey, Julie. Um, even for me, Julie, seeing, I don't know how many years mum and Julie have been together. Um, hear me, mum and Julie. Dad and Julie have been together. I don't know. I don't know how many years it is, but it has been years. And I have never, I can't even, I wouldn't have been able to say I know Julie. I could say, yeah, hi, we're cool. We get along. But to know her, bruh. 
I'm like, daddy, daddy, you better take care of the diamond because not everybody gets to hold a diamond in their lifetime. And you've got one, bro. And the thing is, when we start to elevate and we start to grow and we start to evolve, here's the truth, guys. We can outgrow people if you don't keep up. And so watching, um, my dad says that I am a kind of a current version of my mom, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. And what I love about it is until it was Dawn who asked me a question and she said, you know, do you do some of the things that you do because of your mom? No, not consciously, but absolutely, because it's been put inside of me. Do you understand? Just like things from my dad have been put inside of me. Lately, me and my sisters have been saying we're outside and somebody better control Claudius's girls because Claudius's girls have got a mentality <laughs> that's a bit different. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say your dad put you in me. <laughs> So if you understand that, you understand life. So uh, what I would say as well is, Claudius, honestly, your your words, um, yeah, they brought tears out of me. I was like that from yesterday. Um, Guys, so mum's been crying because she says <laughs> life without purpose is a tragedy and it makes her cry. <laughs> yeah, yesterday when I really hear people living life without purpose, I just think that that's a tragedy and... <laughs> I just was crying to Claudia Mentalia, like saying, I, I just don't understand like what life is without purpose. Like every I'm laughing day, again. There's a reason for breath. And um I, I, I wanna say as well that, you know, like sometimes one of the lessons with Claudine and Tanya is like growing up, it would be like, oh, that's so terrible, that's so awful, that that thing is so and I would I would say to them, you know. <sighs> Once there's life in something, we can't judge it until the end of its life. Because once you've still got breath, 55, 57, 58, 60 and counting, there's still an opportunity for transformation. You understand what I'm saying? And with our family, some of what we might not have liked in other women, it was in my family, it was in my people, it was in right within us. And... I'm just so grateful that Julie, who didn't even know that she own self, she, she wouldn't have been able to show us anything about her because she was just walking around existing. Now she's fully embracing life and, and she's just an amazingly beautiful woman. And if Julie's father, when, when they decide to get married, if Julie's father isn't here, I will give Julie away. Because <laughs> for, me, for me to give Julie yeah, away, it's like Julie's the most beautiful thing that you could give away. And for me to give her to my brethren, I'll be telling him, you know, you make sure that you love and you honour and you respect this woman and you respect yourself with the highest Degree. And that, that's how we love. You understand? That's how we love. It's so beautiful. Honestly, Julie, to watch you is, is a blessing. It, it genuinely, every so often when I coach, I have these moments where I just cry because I say, God, oh gosh, we, we're walking up everybody today. I say, God, I, I just, 
I know this isn't my business. This is your business to handle it. You know, let me just, just, I just want to be available. I just want to be able. And when I see like these light bulbs switch on in you, like you've been a testimony to everything that I teach. And I personally couldn't be more grateful. Just like I know Sue has come to the stage. Sue, I've known Sue my whole life. Susan does some stuff like what I used to do and I still do. I go into these boxes and I leave my, I, I, I just want the world to go away, but I'm okay. I just don't want to interact with the world. But Sue is just like, boom, boom, conquering. Con it, it like, it's incredible to watch. It's just incredible. It's incredible to see, honestly. I just want to salute you guys. It's amazing. And um, just continue to walk with grit and grace. Julie, do you have something to say? Otherwise, I'm going to go to Anita, Susan, and then come back to you. But if you yeah, want to go, speak. Go, go to them first, and then I'll just mop up my tears. Uh, be undone. I'm inviting you up, Rach. Okay, Anita, Grand Rising, how are you today? You've got to press your mic, by the way, to unmute. There you go. Oh, thank you. Grand Rising, my love. Um, to be honest, um, because of time permitting, I've, I've got to take mum for an acupuncture appointment this morning. Obviously, it's the first time I've actually moved and listened to your conversations. And I used to think, how doing a school run and Tahira be driving and Claudia used to be at work and other people and like Dixie Ann be like with her son and driving and some people are at work and I was thinking I don't get that but today I had no choice so I've been trying to get ready and I'm thinking oh my god does that mean I'm going to be late and I won't be able to brush my teeth because um you know I'll have to take mum in a bit but um I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't actually going, to, wasn't going to say anything today at all. I was just going to listen. And that is not disrespectful because in my heart, the amount of love and appreciation I have for all of you, I know maybe it hasn't come out or I haven't been able to say it fully or contacted people yesterday and especially you, Tanya, to say thanks. But there is always a time for that. And I don't want the thanks to come out as a fake or in an untimely way, if that makes sense. Um, but I just, so that's why I just really want to say thank you. I feel very nervous speaking at the moment. And I don't know where to begin. Um, Claudius, I cannot believe, God bless you, my dear, I cannot believe that you would go away. We never talk. You know, when I used to drink, I used to see you at the events that Bigger used to do, bless him, and, you know, we would have a bit of a joke and a giggle. But from what I've heard and from your children and everybody, you really are an incredible man. And Julie, bless her, such a beautiful soul. I've told her when I used to meet her how, how beautiful and amazing she is, and she's so humble. Honestly, I have got no words. You know, I hope one day soon I can maybe write something for each of your, or whatever, anyway. But Claudius, for you to go away and pick a stick for me, like, really? And you're saying it was, did you say, I think you said it was purpose over power, but I can, I thank you greatly for that. I haven't, not probably in the right space to digest everything and to reflect everything, but I had to 
as I said, only come on the stage because I thought, well, I have to say thank you for that and for you saying, oh, Anita, you know, for sharing the pain. And I actually thank all of you for listening and giving me that space to listen because I felt awful thinking, oh, my God, here you are with your whatever stuff. But it is real for me. And that's why, like, when Christina was saying, oh, Anita has tried to go to counsellors, but they've said no because what they've said is your circumstances are real you know sort of like with dad and this that and the other but anyway Claudius I thank you from the bottom of my heart and for suggesting doing the 5am as well and um Susan I, I you know Tanya I know I shouldn't say this to you because I know you know but it has to be said there are incredibly strong powerful people in this room and Susan God bless her soul I was in a space of quietness and stillness after our conversation yesterday and I kept I, I sort of prayed and meditated a little bit and thoughts were coming in my head who to contact about maybe school projects again or whatever I haven't done that but it doesn't matter it's fine for now it is what it is but then um Susan in the afternoon sent me a message um, to say she was inspired by the conversation and God bless her she did a nine mile walk um, and I thought and she sent me some beautiful pictures and I cried uncontrollably when I received that message because I thought oh my god like really I just couldn't believe it and I had to point out to her again and again that although she also um said that you know she she has been or has been experiencing anxiety etc i said excuse me like really susan do you understand some of the biggest fears i have you've actually lived through them the, the passing of colin and the passing of your, your mother and so forth and then on top of that to push and to move to where you've gone like do you really see the how amazing and incredible this is and on top of that to be a mother and to support your two children and you know what anita just yeah. on top of that i love the space that you're in because it's just a space and it's a space to breathe and it's a space to be still and it's a space to listen like you said but it's most important that you listen to yourself and I know anybody who contributed to that conversation yesterday doesn't need a thank you. They done that from their heart. They done that from who they are. And they done that with the greatest intention that you remember who you are. And so I love the purity that's within you that says, I'm going to thank everybody else and I'm going to celebrate everybody else. And I'm going to see the good in everybody else. And my only intention is that you see that in you. You celebrate you. You clap when you've just moved through some things this morning. You clap when you got on that train and you came. You clapped when you decide to go into a shop with the fear, but you went anyways. I want you to lean more into celebrating you. And I love God. Let me just tell you guys about God. As you were speaking and you said you don't have the words and maybe one day you could write it. I'm not sure if you remember, but on my 30th birthday, where I decided to have a big party in the middle of the week, Tanya style, on a Wednesday, travelled down and you had made me this beautiful gift. And this gift stays on my bed, on a frame above my bed to this day. I just want to read it to the room and to you. And remember, do you remember that gift, Anita? Tanya, I can't remember giving you anything. This is madness. Okay, well, wait, darling. <laughs> We'll, sh we'll show you who God is. Yes, ma'am. Tanya, you were speaking 
looking at 909 when you when you reminded her of the gift. I'm just letting you know. The angels are showing out for you today and everybody in this room. And it's so funny because it just sits, the, the, the um, shelf is so high that it's above my head. And actually, I got quite a few worded gifts on my 30th birthday, but it, it's no mistake because my greatest love language is words of affirmation. But here's what it says. And remember the question that I told you all to ask yourself. Here's what it says. It says, Tanya, this is who I am. I am a gift from God to all that know me. I am a free spirit. I am a powerhouse. I am emulating unlimited potential. I am a fiery expression of will and love. I am exuberant with boundless energy. I am a powerful creator. I am courageous and unstoppable. I am gifted and talented beyond measure. I am the generator of infinite possibilities. I am the master of my destiny. I am the warrior of love, providing endless, unconditional support to all. I am beauty, both inward and outward. I am uniquely me, no other like me. I am created in the image of the universe, grand, majestic, miraculous, and breathtaking. I am free to be me. I am beautiful, Tanya. Imagine. Tanya, Tanya, this is... Tanya, I, I do not remember giving you this gift. But you know what, my love? Yesterday, it's bizarre. I was thinking, because when I, I sent Susan, just... I love, as you know, like with my love letters to God, I love writing and I just poured out to Susan, God bless her soul, like just blessings, like may every... Have you continued be... to do your love letters to God? Well, I just sent out the Monday message, but I haven't, like, I want, was going to... Okay, uh, start there. Regarding. You know but when anyway. you said you don't know where to start? Start there. Go back to writing your love letters to God and actually, let's just shift that. Let's not write love letters to God. Let's write love letters to Anita. Because that's what I did. Tanya, but I cannot believe that. Guess what, I Anita? We can't fathom what God will do. And we don't know when he's going to do it. And that's grace. And so I'm actually just going to stop you right now. Because I want you to believe that God is working out some things on your behalf. He is working in ways that you could not possibly imagine. And he's just waiting on you to start to count yourself in. Count yourself in. I love that you're coming into these rooms. I love that you're being more vulnerable. And I just know like I know like I know he's up to something. And what he's up to is going to blow your mind if you allow it to. Every single one of those words, should I be honest with you, I probably haven't read them for four years. But guess what? I can read that and every inch of that is me. Every single inch of that is me. I might not have believed that four years ago, but I live that now and I'm so grateful. And so I'm just extending this invitation to you and also to the room that you be all of those things too. It Sorry, takes Tanya. discipline. Sorry, Tanya, Anita, yesterday, um, Dawn was, she couldn't speak. And when you had acknowledged her, she had just sent love to you and thank you for standing up and, and speaking. So the love that is shared in the room, yeah, just for when we are vulnerable enough to give ourselves permission to 
yeah, just be us. Just get naked. Just and that's your beauty because many people would want to say things, but Tong is a little bit rough sometimes. So they might not say it to me. They might not say it publicly. They might not come to the stage. You're willing to regardless. And that's amazing. And don't let go of that quality. Use it. Use it. Thank Christina, thank you for telling me about Dawn as well. I mean, Dawn, God bless you, my love. You, again, I don't know the stories of other people in this room, but like with Susan, I know, you know, a little bit about your what you are facing and so forth. And that's why, honestly, Dawn, you are incredible. You are absolutely incredible. You're walking, you're doing things, you're creating things. And again, I'm sorry, I haven't quite got the right words, but even yesterday, Tanya, I was thinking of writing these um, messages out for people, like, as to, you know, about them. So I picture them and come up with the quality. Lisa. So with you, Tanya, that's what Lisa. it was. Anita, start with the messages. Do it. Anita, you've done so well to be multitasking because when I used to speak to her, she could never do that. So, congratulations, big up yourself. Thank you so much, Anita. Grand Rising Sue, how are you? Oh, Grand Rising Tanya, do you know what? I'm laughing. I'm really laughing. That's the family trait. <laughs> Tanya, today, honestly, I feel like a kid in a candy store. I am bursting with excitement. And the reason I'm bursting with excitement, I'm going back to Claudine's room on Tuesday. I'm feeling like a child because I'm so excited about coming to see my family at the weekend. <laughs> Yay! This morning, I was doing the Strict Strictly's also starting on Saturday, and that theme tune that they have, I love it. And Monique and I always dance. So this morning when I saw her, I got up and I was dancing. She's shaking her head and I, she, I said, morning, Monique. She said, morning, Mum. I said, how are you? She said, I'm fine. She said, Mum, you're crazy this morning. I said, I'm crazy because I'm so excited. She said, Mum, I can see it. I'm just, yeah, I'm just so excited. But I'm just going to rewind back a little bit. Thank you, Tanya. These rooms have been fantastic. They really move me. They really motivate me. When I heard Sandra talk this morning about what she's achieved, hats off to you. Oh my gosh, absolutely amazing. They honestly so, so moved me. And yesterday morning, I was so moved. I did go and walk the nine miles because the stick that I picked yesterday was, oh gosh, create the life that you want to see. I can't remember. Create the life you've always imagined. I think it says something yeah. like that, yeah. And I thought, this is the life you've always imagined go for a walk and I went for a, yeah, about a nine mile walk even longer and it was amazing and as I stepped I was thanking God and I was thanking God for all the people that have been in my life all the inspirations the clubhouse and I was just like wow this is amazing and when I came back I did message Anita and oh my goodness Anita said so many times this morning I don't have the words Anita sent me a message back. Well, well, brought tears to my eyes. I was just blown away by those words. Absolutely swept off my feet. So much so 
that I wrote it in my affirmation journal last night because the words, oh my gosh. They Do you see are that? Amazing. Do you see earlier when I was talking about leaning into other people's faith and people seeing you in ways that you don't see yourself? Anita, I need you to understand. I remember your love letters to God. They were beautiful. Until after that, you started coming with all of this meh energy. Then I was like, child, stop messaging me. But the original part, the love letters to God were so beautiful. And sometimes you have to stay in doing something that is for you, right? But it helps other people. A lot of my Facebook statuses, people message me and be like, like Dawn, there's cameras in her house or, um, oh my God, you're speaking directly to me or I needed to see this, bruh. I just share my notebook out loud sometimes. Other times, I just know that that's the energy that needs to be shared. But what I'm saying is a lot of things that I've been through or going through for myself, I've just found a way to share them. The reason why when dad shared those sticks, I'm like, oh, my God, I've never picked those sticks. I have favorites in the collections and I vibe with a certain energy and then I move. But all of those messages are for me as much as they're for everybody else. So it's like that's what you do in finding your purpose. It's almost like in being yourself and sharing what you need for you and finding a way like Dawn, bless her, she does her blogs. Her blogs is a way for her to heal, for her to get things off her chest. But if you read them, they'll help you. That's the energy. So that's how that's how purpose works. That's how understanding what you've been called to do without making it a big hoo-ha thing impacts the lives of everybody anybody that knows sunshine sue you are just blessed to know this woman because you're blessed to know what she pushes through you're blessed to know what she goes through you start thinking to yourself what the hell is my excuse she's not doing or being anything other than being herself that's the beauty of us understanding ourselves that's the beauty of us answering the question who are we we then give ourselves permission to be great so thank you, Sue. Anything else? Yes, Tanya. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. When you said, I'm here laughing, and then you spoke about the joint because you're coming to see the family, you know. And yesterday, you know, when Anita was talking, Tanya unmuted and said, I'm pissing myself laughing. Yeah. Claudine was laughing. When Claudine spoke, she goes, Oh, I'm really laughing. And, you know, like many times, like Claudius, he would have to understand the family the way we laugh sometimes in the middle of crisis, the way we laugh at ourselves when we see the reaction that we have to certain things. And, um, you know, when, when Tanya says sunshine soon, my mum passed away. And when we got the message that mum wasn't going to make it, she was going to die. She was a nurse, right? So... Her background, she was all together, like, yep, okay. Like, she heard what the doctor said. She was all together. And then the next minute, she was outside in the back garden. There was a mattress out there. And she was out there hyperventilating. <laughs> <laughs> and my cousin, like, Gary, was just going, why don't she shop? <laughs> in his air. And I am just, it's like, I've just heard my mum's dying. Susan's hyperventilating, Gary's annoyed about it, and I'm pissing myself in the middle of a crisis. I'm laughing through dealing with it. 
So sometimes, honestly, you just have to excuse us how we process. And when you get to know us, you learn to understand. It's just a part of it. Sometimes we take life so seriously. So sun, sunshine soon, every time that there has been a crisis, when Sharon died, Susan ends up in casual. <laughs> <laughs> She woke up and saw she's in casualty, and you know, then she says, I'm okay, I'm okay, you know, but. And that's why when I then saw her on the day of her mum dying and she was still planning her wedding because um, she got married on the same day that she lost her mum, for those of you that don't know. And I walked in, well, I thought I was brave. And then as I was getting closer and closer to the room, I had a complete, utter, dramatic, howling meltdown. And when I walked in, Susan's there sitting there calling who she's got a call. So, and I was like, ah, how the hell is she so together? But now hearing how she dealt with all of the other deaths prior to that, guess what? God was preparing her for what she was going to have to go through. God prepared her so that that day that she was going to be saying bye to her mum and marrying the love of her life, she was so beautiful. It was, it was, it was like, to this day, it's one of the most surreal days of my life. But she was being prepared for that. And that goes back to what I spoke about in the pit. The pit can be your platform or going through the pit coming out on the other side becomes your platform. We have to pick which parts of those things we're making our platform. And that's a complete example as to how there was not one occasion, not two occasions, not three occasions where she must have been a hot mess. But when it came down to the people that was close to her, she walked through it like a queen. It was crazy. But she had been prepared for that. And that's what we don't understand about some of the things we're going through now. It's not that it's not how bad it is. I know right now I'm having to say no and use it. I'm having to put boundaries in and stick to them, regardless to how they make me feel. And when it gets like this and it feels a mess in my life, I'm like, oh gosh, God's about to do something. I know because I I understand, like I've told you guys before, everything in life happens in patterns. So if you're just willing to pay attention to the patterns, you will know when your blessing's coming. You will know. You might not know what it is, but you know it's about to come because you know the algorithm. Pay attention to your patterns. Go ahead, Sue. Um, I'd just like to share as well, I think it's about six years ago that I gave up nursing and I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I had a garden, didn't know a thing about gardening, and I started gardening, did a course, and I absolutely love gardening now. I love gardening, growing vegetables. I absolutely love it. And also, in the time that I had, I am finding out about me. I've learned so much about me. I've learned so much about my children. I've learned so much about life. And for me, one of the most important things is time, because what the six years has given me is time. And I've been able, and I'm so thankful to God, I've been able to choose what I do with my time. And it has just been incredible. And it has just been amazing. And I'll say to everybody in the room, I was earning a very, very good wage. But when I was doing that job, it came to a stage where I was thinking, this is not for me because I'm just rushing here and there. But now 
oh God, I don't even have a, not even a quarter of what I had coming in, but I have so much more, so much more in every single way. And it has just been such a blessing. And the other reason I feel like a child is because today I'm starting a course in the evening. And evening is out of my comfort zone because I like to do things when the children are at school or my son's at work. And yesterday my son came in from work and he said to me, oh, some of the guys from work are going out. And they asked me if I could go. And it's tonight. And he said, I can't go because I'm looking after my sister. And he said to me, because mum, you are going to do your course and that's the most important thing for you. And I took a deep breath because I thought, well, actually, I could say, no, I don't need to go. You go out. And he just looked at me. But honestly, to every single person in this room, take your time. Life isn't easy, but I tell you what, life is beautiful and it is for living. And my name's going to be Prosecco at the weekend because you know, <laughs> I love to drink. So it's going to be, if you see me, it's Prosecco, not Sue. Love, love to you all. And honestly, everybody in this room, I just love it. Oh, my gosh. And it's great. So, yeah, thank you all. Thank you. Have a I love time. that. Somebody in, in our network is asking, who is Sue? And I just want to say that Sue is, wow, she's so much, but she is my amazing double cousin. And I say double cousin um, on both sides, you know, my dad and my dad and her mum are brothers and sisters. And my mum and her dad are brothers and sisters. So we are double cousins. Um, I love her. She's grown with me. I love her inside out. I have... I've always been tasked with the courage to tell Sue when she's not showing up as her best version with love yeah. and she could be the most difficult person in the world. She's a stubborn <laughs> and she's she a stubborn she, she wouldn't have been she wouldn't have been one of us. And you know, and when I have to approach that, it's almost like Tanya's conversation with the gardener. It's like how do I speak to Sue with love, you know, and deliver and yeah, I'm, I'm just so proud to say it always happened. I don't know. There has been a period when we kind of wasn't talking. I didn't know what I had done to her, but that's what Sue does. She disappears. And I just kept on praying. I was like, when she finds herself in nothing to do with me, you know, it, it will come back around. And it always does. So Sue is amazing. I love you, Sue. And I'm so proud. And when she spoke about her son today, you know, like when you give your child a name, Joshua, let me tell you who Joshua is. So when his dad wasn't well, Joshua had to give his dad, you know, a part of himself. He had to undergo surgery and give his dad some some stems that would, you know, possibly and hopefully um, save his dad's life. And it went really well. And his dad was doing so good. And then it turned around. And for Joshua, we would never comprehend what he thought, what he was going through, what he had to process in that. You understand? And he was in his year of GCSEs. He was taking his GCSEs at the time. GCSEs and whatever, and I, I can't remember how old he is, but Joshua, true to his name, named after the Bible character, you know, Joshua, today he could be resentful, like, i got to look after my sister, but no, the way that Joshua loves his mother, <laughs> the way that Joshua loves his family, 
And that really comes from having an amazing mother, having an amazing person that's not just a mother. Susan is her, her children's friend. And, you know, I know that my auntie is so proud of what you're doing, Sue. So, 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 so proud. And honestly, if Grace was a person, it would be Josh. Josh is, ugh. Anyways, I could just get teary about my family. Um, I'm grateful for this crazy bunch that I've picked and chosen. And um, yeah, we continue to go through it. But guess what? We continue to laugh our asses off through it. <laughs> and we continue to be um, just our best. And when Susan spoke today, I swear, I heard my, my auntie and my auntie would just be like, it's simple, simple, simple. <laughs> Sorry. but it's the joy for me <laughs> can, I, can i just quickly say um dixie thank you for those for that love you've got to tell me how to do that i saw these love hearts pop up and i'm like well how do you do that <laughs> there's a there's a there's a little diamond if you guys look on the screen there's a little diamond on like your right hand side and if you go into there you can personally chat to people so when oh, people it's not a diamond, it's like a triangle. oh sorry yeah it is a triangle <laughs> You can um, speak to people as they speak, or if you just want to personally message someone, you can do it in there for anybody that didn't know. That's what that thing is. It's cool. It's lovely. Wow. Miss Julie, last but not least, if anyone else comes up, Rachel, I've tried to add you to the stage, but it's not, you're not coming up. If you want to come up, please do. Miss Julie, are you there? Have you mocked up? I am. Grand rising, everybody. Grand rising. And you know what? I just realised. I'm, I'm supposed to have logged on to work and I'm, I'm, I'm up here crying and sitting here thinking, oh, I'm thinking and my head's going, oh, Lordy, you're going to be late. Oh, well, such is, such is. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, everybody, for your lovely, lovely words. And it's funny how you were saying this morning how we don't see ourselves the way other people see us. So a lot of the times people describe me and I think, are they talking about me? You know, and it's 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 difficult at times. I'm getting used to it, but it's difficult at times, as I said, to, to listen to the descriptions and think, hmm, is that the same person? Because I can honestly say since joining Elevate, the question of who am I is so profound. I mean, hugely profound to me. And I'm pleased to say I'm loving finding out who I actually am. I would say to everybody in the room today, Honestly, if you want to find out who you are and the journey that you can take is such a beautiful one, you need to join Elevate. It's all about you, you versus you, you finding you, you being you. And what better journey can there be in life than to, to achieve that, to have that as an actual goal? And in answering the question, who am I? I'm, I'm a child of God. I'm on this exciting journey elevating to my higher self I'm, I'm powerful I'm purposeful I'm being stripped literally stripped of my cloaks some of them are coming off easy some of them are literally being wrenched off my back I'm on my knees sometimes and oh dear God but again in saying dear God I should be asking him why are they being stripped off allowing them to be stripped off standing up and moving on and I'm really um, embracing, enjoying, finding out the real me, the real beauty within, the authentic me. I'm literally loving life. Everything.
every day I wake up, another question you asked before, why do you wake up? Why are you getting up out of bed? I'm waking up to live, to live life, not exist anymore. And that has just been phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So when my beloved says, you know, brand new second-hand woman, I mean, at one stage, I thought, oh, it's a bit rude. And I thought, actually, he's not wrong. He's so right, because I feel completely different. I don't, like Tina said, I don't actually know who I am at the minute. I know how I feel, and it feels good, and it feels right, but I, I can't put my finger on it, and I don't need to. I genuinely don't need to, because this journey is just taking me to places where I've never been, to view myself in, in arenas where I never thought, never even imagined, and I'm loving it. And so I just want to say thank you. And I say thank you every day to yourself, Tanya. I couldn't have done this without you. I really couldn't. Tina, oh, T, T, what can I say? I love you more and more every day. Is it possible? Yes, it is, because I genuinely am. Genuinely do feel that. You know, all the ladies in the Elevate group, I, I literally learn something every single day. My little book is, is completely full. I'm on to my second book now. But it's such a journey of of joy in learning because joy is my favorite vibration as you all know <laughs> i choose joy every single day no matter what happens in my day i'm grappling onto that joy and i'm saying you're with me you are mine now nobody is taking you away from me nobody and i love that so much like i'm actually here smiling i'm, I'm about to stand up and i'm like oh my god these rooms are getting longer but they're so necessary i just think it's necessary i just think this space at this time is necessary because i don't know so much is happening and i think i said this a couple of weeks ago it's almost like one day you kind of wake up and everything's changed yet nothing has changed you know and when you find yourself in that space, it's just so beautiful. Like I walk around being appreciative for, I don't even understand the way that the trees arch over and come together and create an arch that I could walk through. I can't even explain it. The things, the simple things that I am so grateful for, it allows me to look at life differently. It allows me to have a different posture in life. And um, just really seeing people become butterflies, like actually, go into the cocoon go into the darkness and find what's in the darkness that they need to be able to trust in their own wings so that they can fly so that they can be the butterfly it is like one of the most beautiful it is the, it is the most beautiful job that I have um and it's not a job that I necessarily get paid for it's a job that I choose to do because I love it so much I love it so much and just like Sue said just like Sandra said, there's many times in life where you're going to have to jump and change direction and shift and sort and move. And yeah, things aren't going to look the same. Your paycheck might not be the same. The, the responsibility you have might not be the same. But the time that I have, the freedom that I have, the joy that I have, nah. Like Julie said, no one is ever, ever again taking that away from me. No one is ever, ever, ever taking that away from me again. Does anybody have any final words before I leave out? Um, I wanted to say that during this um, session today, I've actually come to the realisation that, I, like, I don't know how many people know, but eight years ago, I had breast cancer. And I've just understood that breast cancer came 
as a purpose. It didn't, you know, it wasn't all negative because I heard when Tina said that she was, you know, upset about her reaction when both kids were pregnant at the same time. I used to say the same thing about my reaction to having cancer because I didn't react. I went into, I suppose you would call it survival mode because I have a nine-year-old child at home, a boy who was just on the cusp of greatness. You know, he needs me. He needed me. So the way I dealt with it was humour. You know, I put, where, when I went to go to my appointments for chemo and, you know, the doctors, it's pressed. You can't be shy. You have to take your clothes off all the time. I always used to say to the doctor, you could have even bought me a drink or got my number first. You know, I had to no. do it. I did it in that way, you know, because it's how I got through it. Because I also was having a treatment different because I was on a trial. So I actually had to have chemo for six and a half months every three weeks. But the way I dealt with it, and I was never, ever sick. I never, ever threw up. But only because I took this anti-sickness tab- tablets all the time. I didn't take them because I was going to feel sick. There's no point. They needed to be in your system. And I realised that I got cancer through stress because I was working so hard for everybody else's catering company except mine. And I've just realised that today because the minute I got cancer and the minute I recovered and beat its ass, I started to love myself. I started to do things for myself. And to the stage that it's got to me, Eight years later now, where Hayward's Catering is, you know, on a trajectory to greatness. It's, it is great already, but it's going to get even better. And by just being in this room today, I've just realised that. I love that. And I love the clarity. I love the confidence. I love the conviction. And that's it. That's, I will do the rooms every day if people are going to come out with those level of insights, those clarity, that conviction, that confidence. That's what I want us all to have in all walks of life, because really, that's the lives that that we're designed to live. That's the abundance that we're designed to live. And yes, to pay attention that she said she got cancer from stress. Yes, cancer is highly linked to stress as much as it's linked to bitterness, as much as it's linked to resentment. And a lot of the time, the resentment and the bitterness that many people carry is they are waking up every day doing things that they do not want to do. Going to places that they do not want to be in. This is it. We've got to continue to keep going. We've got to continue to keep growing and keep trusting the process and actually also, looking for purpose and pain. Kirstie, Kirstie, I will say Kirsty, but as Kirsty had her own life and she wasn't at home, I meant that my baby boy Kieran was at home and needed me. But also, I knew Kirsty was amazing, she helped me through it. So and that's how we rock and roll. Miss Julie, was there something more you was going to say? Sorry, ma'am, before you step in. I think. No, 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 that's me done. I'm logging in now. It's supposed to be working. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be late. You're already late. Oh, really late. Go ahead, ma'am. Julie, the love. Oh, that I have for you is just wow. You know, like people that was in that room, Tanya, and heard our story. It's been such a journey, and you know, I I always thought, ah, oh, I I love Claudius, and you know, everybody knows how our relationship is. But the love that I have for Julie, and then when the three of us get on the conversation, is just amazing. And that's that's the kind of amazing things that we can create. 
if we just let go of our expectation of how things are meant to look and how things are meant to feel and how things are meant to be. That unknown is just amazing. And Sandra, one of the things that really made me laugh about what you said with your cancer treatment and the doctor, Tanya was in an appointment with me. And I, I think I, I told somebody this yesterday. And um, I asked the doctor that when he goes to do the operation, can he fix up my fanny? And can he make it more? And he was a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> love that and this morning just to end one thing i wanted to ask dad you picked a stick for anita you picked a stick for me i wanted to know what the stick you picked for you said i've got a few of mine to go and pick one for me i will pick one for me now that you said it hold on a minute and sandra kirsty is screaming that she is so proud of you she is so proud of you she's at work thank you baby girl and she wants to cry but she's so proud of you and I think we all are. Lord have mercy, why me? Mm-hmm. I want to know what that stick says. No, I'm going to keep this one for myself. No, I would like to know. The room would love to know what that yeah, stick well, says. Get naked, show up. Oh, gosh. Honour your dreams. Ha! 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 Woo! Yes, sticks. Yes. Ah, boy, life is good. Life is so good at the moment. Um, I am so grateful, and Anita might find she's still here. Oh, she gone, gone. No, she's still here. You might find this a weird tonight in the um thing to say, but I, I love the fact that we had COVID. In the fact, not for the deaths and everything. I, I love the fact of how. Because without COVID, this woman wouldn't have, wouldn't have happened. So I love the fact that had COVID. I love the fact there were certain things that it did. It made people relate a different way. And this is a different way of relating. And the audience that you can have in this is wide and far. And, you know, it's not like a WhatsApp call. It's not like that. It's a different platform completely. I actually love certain things that it's brought. It's brought a unity. It's brought us closer together. You know, I, you know there's... And, there's a bit more humanity it's more about people, you know, that, you know, tomorrow's not given. Do what you've got to do today, do it, you know, and that's what it's, that's the, 
the mantra is bringing, you know, every day get up, have a purpose, do something. Don't wait till tomorrow because tomorrow's not given. And that's what COVID has taught us. Tomorrow's not given, you know. And I love this whole Unity platform. Why I'm going because, as I said, I've got things to do. Today's a busy day, so I've got to get on. We're all logging off. Um, I just want to read. When I woke up this morning, I picked my sticks. And I haven't picked a number stick for a while and thought, ah. And the stick I picked was number three. The number three represents trials and self-expression. And I was like, ah, okay, here we go, here we go. But I realized, you know what, I'm having that because you go through a trial so that you could self-express. That's why I love the number three. Three used to be one of the horrible numbers that I don't like. And also the reason why I feel that I'm vibing with three, because in the unity of my mum, dad and Julie, I recognize that for me, I see mercy, grace and serenity. I see it. I recognize how I have serenity, I have grace and I have mercy and how God is teaching me that through that relationship is beautiful but I want to just share with you guys what I wrote about number three in the book it says the number three invites us to look at things differently I feel it as the number that invites us to look at things externally and relate them to our internal world I love the feeling of expression that comes with the number three it invites you to look at how you communicate and how you express yourself. How do you relate to yourself? How do you relate to others? How do you communicate and express yourself to others? How do you communicate and express the God within you? In my personal experience, I always find that in the year three of things, notice those guys, we are in the third month of Elevate, purpose. In the year three of things, you experience the most trials. In my personal relationships and business, I have experienced the most trials, turmoil or conflict in year three. As with children, we call it the terrible threes. I feel three as the number that allows us to express and find ourselves outside of ourselves. This is why we may often experience turmoil. It's inviting you to expand and activate your self-expression. So pay attention to your pits, guys. Pay attention to where you've been asked to have a little bit more grit because perhaps you're just being asked to express a version of you that you've never expressed before. Perhaps you've been asked to express the God within you that you've never found before. Perhaps you'll be in asked to express how things really make you feel that you've just been putting down, that you've not been paying attention to. One key thing to remember with the number three is it's about self-expression as much as it's about trials. So please be encouraged to push through and keep going if this number is showing up for you. At the end, I've wrote that the number asks you to communicate, connect, and collaborate. So I pray that you guys walk with that message today. Thank you so much for your time. I'm very conscious that these rooms are a lot longer, 
But I just pray that everybody has got all they needed and everybody continues to pick what they need as they go about their day and be the very, very, very best version of you. You know, you can stay in contact with us by emailing shake the room underscore ch at mail.com or you're welcome to pop into our inboxes and just let us know what's good. Have an incredible, amazing, amazing purpose-filled day. And I pray that this month of purpose has really allowed you to ask yourself some important quality questions. And don't forget to sit with the idea of who am I? Answer it. Be great, guys.